Holy crap. A new introduction to the podcast. But for real, though, the rest of it will come after this. I just want to thank you guys. Um, all the five-star ratings that we're getting on all the podcast apps is awesome. And I appreciate it when I hear people telling me that someone else told them about the podcast. So you guys rock. Uh, listen to the commercials or skip by them. It's cool. And your episode's on its way. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Well, here we go. Now we're recording. We just did Hot 20 damn. minutes of talking shit and we didn't even record anything. It's Hot my damn. fault. I messed up. We're sitting here talking and I'm looking, Googling stuff and we're talking about stuff. And, and then I look back at my fucking computer and we're not recording, but we're back. We're yep. here. That's all right. We're here with another episode of the Squared Away podcast. And why don't you dig us right into what we we're balls deep into when I, dec- when I figured out that we weren't recording. All right. We were balls deep into the border issues. Yes. Right after you're talking about your buddy Biden. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Riding so with Biden sign. The, re- the way we got into this is I was driving down Highway 19. If you guys live around here, um, if you don't, then th- we have this crazy, you know, super leftist liberal guy who puts all these big signs out in front of his house. And he's got one out there now that says we're riding with Biden. And the only thing I could think of was riding with him in the freaking ambulance on the way to the hospital because he's not going to be good for much else. And then I remembered the uh, the the commercial that Trump just put out talking about, if you guys haven't seen it, it's a great spoof piece that he put out, or I'm not even sure if he put it out, but it is uh, the the White House um, retirement home, and it, cover, it, it, it pieces together a bunch of videos of Biden basically acting like a geriatric old man and builds it into a commercial for the White House retirement home. It's hilarious. He's talking about eating all these cookies and ice cream and he likes Italian food, likes Italian food. And they got one video of him, which I've seen a few times where he completely like deep throats an ice cream cone. Like, I don't know who eats an ice cream cone like that, but he takes an ice cream cone that all the ice cream is eaten off the top. And he like shoves the cone in his mouth. Like he's trying to gag on it. It's, it's the fucking funniest video. But yeah, then we, after that, we started talking about the border crisis and we're, we were breaking down some numbers. I'll let you dig into those numbers that we were talking about, but the, the first thing was the the study that we you, if you guys are starting to see this pop up in, in my, you know, mine and Martin's social media feed, we're seeing this this number 22 million 
Um, and it's a Yale study. And when I started to Google the study, the study is actually from 2018. So um, the, you know, the, the article headline is not 11 million, but 22 million illegals in our country. And that's, you know, seven years old, five, six years old. Yeah. And the biggest thing is looking at the daily numbers. Uh, I think we talked about the um, numbers of people that actually went through the process in the checkpoints. And that's, you know, 285,000 a quarter. And if you take that times all the areas that have been left open and um, basically allowed all the illegals to come through, I mean, the numbers are going to be drastically higher. So, like I said, when I was down there, um, you're seeing a lot of uh, Chinese citizens, Chinese nationals coming through. You're seeing Middle Eastern, Eastern European coming through the southern border. So um, the sources that, that I have, you know, are basically saying that in April you're going to start seeing some unrest, uh, especially in the larger cities, um, basically stemming from a lot of these folks that are mobilizing, that are federally funded. Um, by federally funded, I mean they're staying out of these hotels or getting um, whatever else they're getting from the feds, food, welfare, whatever they're getting. Um, that's going to happen. Uh, some of the citizen feedback I've been getting, they've been hearing from other branches too, is that this unrest is going to start in March. You know, I don't know. <clears throat> Not Nostradamus. I mean, I was calculating that it would be more towards, uh, you know, later in the year, right by the election time, when you're going to start seeing it as kind of a diversion, but who knows? I mean, this has been going on for, for years, so I can't say it's just recently happened. And I want to be clear too, when we start talking about these numbers, um, our brains are not necessarily built for breaking down giant numbers. So, you know, if you start to take, take an arbitrary number, like a hundred thousand, uh, illegal immigrants coming in across the border every month, which I think that, what did we figure out? It was at least that number, right? Yeah. Yep. It, most of the time it's way more than a hundred thousand, but for the sake of argument, I want to use the number a hundred thousand. So we see a hundred thousand. We don't see a hundred thousand that much bigger than a thousand, even though it's a hundred groups of a thousand. So the problem with numbers when they're that big and we're talking about human beings is, is even a small percentage of those people being tr troubled individuals, individuals that are trying to push extremely negative ideologies, individuals that are trying to cause a bunch of trouble, individuals that are trying to bleed off the system. If we take a number like 10%, so if we take 10% of a hundred thousand people, if the other 90% of, the, of those 100,000 people or 90,000 people that are coming across the border are really just good, honest people who are trying to escape oppressive governments, people that are trying to better their lives, trying to find a better home for their children. If 90% of those people are good people, but 10% are a problem, 10% of 100,000 is 10,000 people a month, 10,000 troublemakers a month. Now, if we take that and extrapolate it out to one year, so, you know, January 2023 to January 2024, we end up with a total of 120,000 troubled people. If we break that down to just your state, that comes out to 2,400 difficult, trouble-causing individuals per state. In some states, that means that you might have 500 to 1,000 people in one big metric area or metropolitan area that are really a drain on the area. They are causing trouble. They are, you know, multiplying negative ideology. They're trying to disrupt the system. They're trying to basically cause problems. Yeah. And that's what we don't understand when we look at, okay, yeah, th this is a big number coming across, but what could it really mean? When you have that big of a number, even a small percentage can cause a huge issue. Yeah. And, you know, part of these riots, um, you remember when I did that one contract, was it two summers ago? Was I believe so. Defense contract, and we were watching one of these riots because the store owners didn't want their stores to get destroyed, so we were like the uh, last line of defense before they'd come up to the glass and start doing their shit. So um, we would watch these groups, and what this is a, it's just a small example of what basically will happen is you watch these group in there, and there's two quote what you're talking about the troublemakers right they're going through the crowd and working the crowd to basically create 
you know, problem to create a riot. So, you know, even though you're looking at what, 2,400 people per state you're talking about? Yeah. Well, half your population are like sheep. Yeah. So these 2,400 are going to recruit the sheep to do their bidding. It's not like you're looking at 2,400 lone, you know, special force, you know, riot people going through and destroying things and creating problems. You know, their job is to turn minds and to recruit people to do their will for them. So, you know, this, yeah, this is what it looks like. I mean, you take the 120,000 total, which I think is, you know, a very conservative estimate. And you look at a sports stadium, sports stadium, you're getting what, 66,000 to 100,000 maybe? Yep. That's what you're picturing is coming through. And what you're saying is that's how many troublemakers we're letting loose in our society. And it's just, you know, it, it it's a degradation of what makes America great. And it's not that all of these people that are coming across are a problem. It's the fact that you can't screen when they're coming across illegally. It's not, it's not saying, Oh, look at, look at these, you know, thousand people that came across in the last hour. They're all trouble. No, that that's not it at all. It's legal immigration that made our country amazing. You know, it's, it's bringing, we're a melting pot. We bring in all these different cultures and we, meld the best parts of all the cultures together and become stronger united. I mean, it's, you know, we're the United States, but the problem is, is there's a lot of people out there and this is, this is what the, the left really and the globalists really have a hard time wrapping their head around is there's people who think that the best thing for the world or the best thing for their culture, the best thing for their religion is for the death of the West. There just yeah. is. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that it, it doesn't mean that every one of them coming across is, but a, but a certain portion of them, you know, and, and this is where I brought up the, the Yuri Bezmanov um, interview. And if you guys haven't seen it, go to your Google box and type in Yuri, Y-U-R-I, and then Bezmanov, B-E-Z-M-E-N-O-V, I think. Um, yep. And Yuri Bezmenov talked about the KGB's plans, and this was in 1984. He was a defector from the Russian KGB, and he talked about the KGB's plans and in, in, in their four-step plan to basically destroy the United States. And the first step was demoralization, and the demoralization was going to take you know about 20 years. And this was in 1984, which you know, great year. I was born that year, and it was expected that it was already done. Um, you know, 10 years into that. And then it would take multiple generations for that to um, fold into the next step. And then the end of that was basically the destruction of the superpower that is the United States. Because really, when you think about it, the only thing that makes the United States great is the joint mindset of the individuals. It's like when you, it's like when you look at a, when you look at a city, right? If we just look out the window and we look at our city, what keeps this city functioning what keeps this city safe what keeps this city from just destroying each other it's a universal mindset that we are all sticking to an idea of what is right and what is just and a majority of us are doing our best to improve our lives we're giving our best to the people around us the minute that that crumbles you have anarchy and that's all, that's all a country is, is the, is the ideals that make up the, the country. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to what you're talking about with what Bezmanov is talking about too. I think if you break it down really briefly is, is one control the media, right? Control social cognition. So that's what we're seeing right now happening with the media. And I would say easily half the country is falling into that right now, whatever they're being told. They're not thinking about what it is. They're just going along with it. And it just only takes for you to drive into like our city, which is pretty liberal and just see the sheep that are out there. You know, I could explain what I saw yesterday, but dude, if we ended up getting invaded, we're, we'd be dead. Yeah. It's the, I mean, it's every prepper's dream, right? Yeah. 
It, re- it really is. You know, it's, it's some of these guys have been, you know, preparing for something like this for 20, 30 years. And, and when that, when it hopefully doesn't happen, but if it ever does happen, it's, it's sad because it's almost like it's paying off for, for their, for their investment of time. But the way that I like to think about it is if we invest ourselves into learning good skills that are good, whether we're being invaded or whether it's just normal life skills, right. Um, taking care of yourself, starting a fire, finding food, shooting, you know, self-defense, um, you know, uh, medicine and health type knowledge, um, herbal supplements, like all this stuff, right. This is all stuff that it's good, whether you're just living our normal life or whether you're being invaded by a, you know, foreign military. Right. And so that, you know, that that's the way that I like to think about it is like, what's good no matter what happens, what can I invest my time into that? I'm going to get return on my investment tomorrow and the next day and the next day, not only return, right? Like if I store 500 gallons of water in a buried bunker in my backyard, that's there's really no return on that until water becomes shortage. It's a huge return on my investment. If water ever becomes a problem, right? But there's not really a return on my investment of time or money. Yeah. And that, that's the argument I have, though, is do you really want to be, there's two types of preppers, right? They're the ones that are going to bury in and have all these reserves. But what happens there? People find out <clears throat> you're basically going to be a target for crime, right? Well, I guess what it really depends is where, you know, what are you doing? Are you burying your shit in the middle of the city? Because that's useless. Right. Because that's the last place I want to be. Yeah. I mean, get if, the fuck out of any metropolitan area if anything ever big ever really happens. Yeah. So what's your bug out plan? Yep. I mean, you know, I'm a person that I, you know, movement is life, right? You got to move. You got to keep moving. Don't bunker yourself down in your place. Understand where the water sources are in your area and where you can survive. And basically, like Paul was saying, learn how to have the skills to survive because you're not going to have a microwave and you're not going to have, you know, craft mac and cheese ready to go. So, um, hunt, fish. Yep. Preparation. Yeah, they're not a clean of fish. If you got to kill a squirrel, sorry, man. This is going to be one time where somebody's going to say, well, I don't like the texture of it, so I'm not going to eat it. So, you will when you get hungry enough. Yep. So I, I, this whole filleting a fish thing, right? Like I was thinking about this. I did. I tried this. I tried this last year or the year before. And yeah. I, like we used to ice fish all winter. Like I, I was great with a fillet <clears throat> knife. Yeah. That is a skill that you lose. Like I went back and tried to do it. My neighbor brought some fish over. I think it was last winter and I went back and tried to do it. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like I'm not good at this anymore. Damn. You know what the easiest way they don't do it is just instead of filleting it, just a butterfly that fish open. Oh, you like the fish skin. You gross ass. I like, Oh, I mean, you you don't have to eat the skin, dude. I know, but I like that thing open, put her over the fire. I like those nice fillets. (laughs) You roll them in some panko breading. (laughs) Cook them oh up with some God. butter. Oh, fuck. dude, we're talking about survival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna I'm have not, time I wasn't to sit trying there to survive. Last, do the fish fry. All last right. winter, I was not trying to survive. All I was, right, I was trying to thrive <laughs> with some some bluegill, some bluegill fillets dipped in some panko shore lunch. All right, I'm talking about yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we used to go camping, fishing. We just basically clean them, cut the heads off, butterfly the um, the fish open, put it on a stick over a fire. Cooks real fast. And you just eat, pick it up like fried chicken. You don't have to eat the skin. So, um, so yeah, that's the, how the fuck do we get that far off the topic? Oh yeah, we're talking oh, just about with, preparing. Yeah. We're talking about preparing, but but investing yourself in things that are right. They're they're beneficial no matter if the shit ever hits the fan or if you're just yeah. you know just enjoying yourself. Right, like hunting is cool hunting is cool whether you're living a normal everyday nine to five or whether the shit hits the fan and you're trying to feed your family yeah i mean with the with everything that's going around now and what i just told you about possibly what happens in march april i'm thinking maybe towards end of summer fall you know the biggest thing i would tell people and i was asked this a couple days ago is what would you tell a bunch of kids that are graduating getting out in the world and this could be a reality right uh number one would be Get in shape. You know, take care of your health and understand how to take care of your health. And number two is learn how to think 
outside of the box, learn how to think about what information is being thrown at you. Because that is probably going to be the biggest thing in the next few months here because, you know, politics is going to be a big thing. You're going to hear a lot of shit going up to the election, right? There's so much on social media. You got to parse through whether it's good or not. Even uh, that one TikTok or reel you said you saw with the dude from, uh, um, was he a Hamas leader? Oh, oh, I don't even know if they ever, did they identify who that dude was? So just to, the, they said they identified him. Um, I would say it's a 90 some percent. What the, what the real was is it was just, it was just a guy with a camera that's down at the border, just, you know, interviewing people or asking people questions and, uh, a, a, a brown, you know, light brown skinned gentleman with dark hair was walking by and he asked him something and he, he said, who are you? And he said, he said, you just wait, you'll know my name. You just wait. You will know my name. You know, clearly it's a, it's a threat. Maybe, maybe he's, maybe he's a songwriter and he's going to get famous making music. <laughs> um, I have my doubts that that's what he meant, but you never know. You can't, you can't just assume that he meant negative, but uh, that was, that was the gist of the, of the real. And I, you know, I don't know if they actually identified who he was or, or what he was expected to, you know, be a part of, but that was the reel that I was referring to. Yeah, there's a reel uh, that does identify him. Um, there's one of the leaders who's been, uh, I think, arrested. He's been released, and that's what they've seen him has come over the border. But I don't know. I mean, I think he's one of you know many that have probably come over, and at this point, it's just. It's your responsibility to take care of your family and your homestead and always have a plan whether this is going to happen or not. You know, but number one is, I mean, I think we talk about it all the time in this podcast. It's the name of the podcast is no matter what happens, you got to be squared away. You got to have some situational awareness. You got to stay strapped and be used to, you know, how to handle it. And, you know, take care of yourself, man. That's the worst thing that I go places now and it's just, are people getting in worse and worse shape? I don't know. It's encouraging to see a lot more young people in the gyms now and worried about their health and they're not drinking and whatnot. But um, folks that are in our age groups, and they're, they're not looking good. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing because part of what's driving the current, you know, um, influx of young people into, into the gym is vanity. It's not about being about being healthy, healthy. It's about, you know, it's about looking the best. It's not, you know, that's why you see the, that's why you see the, the quarter rep or the third repper, or you see the, you know, the giant biceps and chest and fucking Twinkie legs. You know, it's not about being functional and healthy. It's about, it's about the vanity and, and the, the Instagram posts, um, I guess that's one way to get there, it, huh? Yeah, well, it's it's a weird it's a <laughs> maybe weird catch, wake up. It's a weird catch twenty two, right? Because yeah. it's like, yes, that's that's better than sitting on your couch. It really is. Yeah, if that's what gets you there, then that's what gets you there. But hopefully, you know, as you get there and you get motivated and you get inspired and you start to see people around you, you start to second guess what you're doing and you start to go, oh, you know, maybe I should worry about the functionality of my fitness and whether I can actually carry, you know, this massive amount of weight for a half a mile, or if I'm just going to be able to quarter squat it, you know? Yeah. Like that's what, I don't know. That's been really, that's been on my nerves a lot lately in the gym is the fucking, the half reppers. Half reppers. Want to explain to our listeners? Well, most of our listeners probably understand. They know what a half repper is. So in, in, for some, like this shouldn't bother me. I'm doing my own thing. I should not even care what you're doing, but man, there's just a few specific people that are loading up these machines and then they're barely moving the weight or they're moving a weight a third of a way. Um, and the thing is here, here's your, here's your, uh, your counter argument to my bitching. There is something that comes from pulse reps, but pulse reps are at the biggest stretch for the muscle group. So that would mean in a squat, that's the bottom third of your squat, not the top third of your squat. So if you're doing a pulse rep, that's from the bottom, you know, and the third of the way up and then back down and then a third of the way up and back down, not from the top and a third of the way down and back up. That's not a fucking pulse rep. Yeah. That's a fucking, that's a, that's a half rep. That's a quarter rep. That's your ego having way too much weight on the fucking bar. 
and not being able to do a damn thing. And I don't know why it bothers me so much. But just in the last month, I've noticed it every fucking time when somebody's next to me and I'm just like, God damn it. It's a, I think sometimes it's that competitive drive in our, you know, our male ego maybe that it's tough. You're working out on a station next to somebody who's literally trying to just ego lift. So, you know, in some ways there's a little bit part of me is like you want to show them up. But you just... Yeah, you got to work hard to block that out. Just got to stick to my, you know, just got to just got to keep my keep my blinders on, stick in my stick in my zone. It's all you can do, man. Cuz otherwise I'm going to end up being an asshole on accident cuz I'm going to go up and say something to the effect of like, <laughs> you know, your legs wouldn't look like chicken legs if you did a full squat <laughs> instead of just a quarter squat. Yeah, don't escalate that situation. I know. And I mean, we're we're talking about health here where we're talking about, you know, ego lift versus functional lift in any cases where the shit goes, you know, sideways. And the other thing that, you know, I like to encourage people is, well, look at material things too. Focus on what matters. You know, guess what? If you're chasing and having to have, um, you know, the biggest thing, why do I always think the cars are the biggest thing, right? Some people that just has, they chase a certain car or have, have to have a certain car to yep. to have status. You know, guess what? That when the shit goes sideways, that's not going to matter at all, man. Yeah. So focus on what matters. Focus on your resources on what's going to be best for your family, and um, and yeah, focus some resources on doing stuff like uh, Paul was talking about. Is guess what? Take the kids, teach them how to do life skills. Gosh, man, you know these bouncy parks or whatever the hell these things are called, urban air. Yeah. You know. Because they're, they're not teaching, they might teach the kid to be active, sure. But, you know, get out there. Guess what? It doesn't cost you anything to go fishing. What? A fishing license for an adult, maybe? My daughter looked at me this morning and she goes, can we sell everything and just sail around the world? And <laughs> I'm like, go. babe, that sounds like a great idea. But for one, I have no idea how to sail. <laughs> I was like, I don't know anything. <laughs> I was like, maybe we should start with like a sailing uh, class on Lake Mendota. Like yeah, maybe maybe a that's a idea. good place to start. Not a bad idea. At least know your way around some rigs on the rigging on the boat, like in case you ever ended up in a, in a need to sail situation. Learn oh, starboard is your right side, right? Is it? Yep. Starboard but, uh, is right. What is the other one? Oh, the one other one's left, and I can't remember off the top of my head here. I'm thinking ahead. Port is front, right? Port side. Yep. Port side is front. Starboard no, that's is right. the, and that's the bow also. Wow, this is bad. Anyway, see, clearly not a sailor. I'm, I'm a land, I'm a land lover. But the thought that I was having uh, about a minute ago is like, all right, you better make sure you got a uh, Elon Musk. Uh, was it Satlink or whatever? Oh yeah, because that way you can look up YouTube as you're sailing around the world. Oh, so right. No, that's the thing. I think that's the that's the that's the beauty of the wilderness. That's the beauty of the ocean is the disconnectedness. The no, no one being able to get a hold of you, you not yeah. being able to get a hold of anything. The only, trust me, the only fucked up thing about the ocean is there's so many unknowns and when it hits you, it hits you hard. Oh, yeah. And hey, that water is the, the greatest equalizer. We, so. were watching a, we were watching a video on the Bermuda Triangle this morning. And the funny thing is, is the Bermuda Triangle actually has way less, um, way less accidents per square mile than like three quarters of the rest of the ocean. But it came from one science fiction writer that wrote an article in a science fiction magazine talking about the Bermuda triangle and it just escalated from there. Yeah. But they were talking about like what could cause some of these issues because there is, you know, there is ships that, that crash all the time. And mm-hmm. one of the things was there's like something like 1600 ghost ships floating around the, the ocean that have zero people on them. They're just ships that float. That just float around with the current. How fucked up is that? Oh, we're talking about just empty vessels. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sixteen hundred. Yeah. Yeah. The ocean is. I don't think people realize how vast it is. If you take one of those maps and stretch out the Earth. Yeah. How much water there is on this planet? That is so. That's so undiscovered. So. But I'm telling you, being out in the ocean, a lot of people like the beaches and stuff. But if you're out in the middle of nowhere out in the ocean it is kind of a scary feeling oh yeah for sure i could see it very um anxiety inducing 
Yeah. Right? Because it's it's kind of like being in a tight little box. Like if you can control your mind, you're fine. You're fine in a tight box. Yeah. But if you can't control your mind and it starts to go it starts to go away with you, whether it's out in the middle of the ocean or in a tight box, there's no you don't you don't get around that. There's no fixing it. There's no there's no opening the door and going, okay, we're good. Yeah. And just to put that in context, it's, uh, imagine yourself on a on a raft and you're used to everything within, con- you know, control, everything within uh, your sight. But all you can see is beyond. You can't see anything north, east, west, south. And the worst part about it, you can't even see below you. You don't even want to go into water because you don't know what's under there. So, so. yeah. That's a that's a crazy thing. Yeah, different thoughts and feelings, but <clears throat> going back to it is is just yeah, get we we got to be prepared for anything. And to be prepared for anything, we need to focus on my most important number one thing when any ever whenever anybody starts to talk to me about they want to start to get fit, they want to start to kick a habit, they want to start to do whatever. They just want to improve themselves. My first question, first number one question is sleep. Hey, how's your sleep? <laughs> Everybody's like, what? Like they think you're going to give them a fucking great supplement. You're going to give them a workout plan. You're going to tell them a, a diet. And I'm like, how's your sleep? I'm like, fuck, I don't want to talk about my sleep. <laughs> I know. I think I've been talking about it on the podcast for over a year and I'm still working on it. How are your recovery numbers these past few days, Martin? Well, like we discussed, um, last couple of days have been my highest. And my highest. And I mean, why are they your highest, Martin? Because I have given myself rest and got to bed early and basically slept beyond my uh, the normal six to eight hour window that I had. Sleep. Sleep is. Sleep is so fucking important that for one, no one has come up with anything to make up for sleep. There's nothing that you can supplement sleep with. Okay. First of all, second of all, every mammal does it. Yeah. That's how fucking important sleep is. Bears do it so much. They uh, sleep for a full season. It is responsible for a majority of your muscle repair, your muscle growth, your bone repair, your bone growth, your tendons. It is responsible for your balanced hormones. It is responsible for your brain being able to take something new that you learned today or that you encountered today and turn it into a lifelong memory or a lifelong skill. That only happens if you're sleeping. So what is a... um... What is the required sleep for males and then for females? Because I know females need more sleep. No, females don't actually need more sleep. They don't. No. So Why would you say that? There, there is not a, there is not a minimum requirement for sleep. Um, there is an optimal for sleep, and one of the ways they figured out this optimal for sleep, what they did is they took people and they put them in dark rooms for twelve hours with nothing to do. So there was literally all they could do was sleep or sit there and twiddle their thumbs and and hum to themselves for 12 hours a day. Okay. Yeah. They all, because we, because we live in a sleep deprived society for the first few weeks, they all slept massive amounts, 10, 11, sometimes up to that 12 hours, they would just sleep. But after about two, two and a half weeks, their bodies all caught up with all the things that they needed to do that they were, that they were behind on. They call it a sleep debt or a sleep deficit and everybody would run right about seven and a half to eight and a half hours. And where that, where that seven and a half to eight and a half hours comes in is it comes in, in sleep cycles. And so what happens is we, we have a cycle when we fall to sleep. Uh, there's three stages and then there's REM sleep. So first we go into stage one, stage one of your sleep is that kind of light dozing sleep it's that sleep where if somebody talks to you it could it could bring you alive enough to respond to them it could you could you realize you're kind of asleep you know like I love that when I like when I'm asleep but I realize that I'm asleep but I'm still kind of awake like that's the coolest little weird feeling where you're like (laughs) oh like I'm I'm definitely sleeping but I'm definitely half awake here that where you're trying to control your dreams no so that would be um more in stage two. Oh, 
So I must be in stage two a lot. Stage two is, is a lot of your sleep. Stage two is, is where your conscious and your subconscious start to converse back and forth. And you see in brainwave stimulation, when they're, when they're watching brainwaves, you see a lot of um, kind of that quieting of the conscious mind. The conscious mind is going into that sleep and it's transitioning a lot into that subconscious mind. And this is where we're starting to do a lot of our, um, we're starting to do a lot of our, our processing and stage two and stage three, especially stage three, which is we call deep sleep or your slow wave sleep. Yeah. This is where your brain does a lot of its repair because all day, everything that we're doing is kind of like if you think about um, if you think about a cafeteria, a busy cafeteria, right? Mm -hmm. A busy cafeteria, if you never shut it and you never closed it, it would always just kind of build up with dirt and build up with muck. And people are still kind of cleaning up and picking up their trash throughout the day. But you get footprints, and you get dirt, and you get food that gets spilt, and you get all this stuff. That kind of, that, that stage three, that deep sleep... That's when our brain is coming in and, and, it's, and it's processing everything that happened for the day. It's cleaning all the waste out. It's doing the scrubbing of the floors. It's, it's doing the wiping of the tables. It's moving everything out of the middle so they can get the buffer in and wax the floors. And it's basically, it's processing all of the damage that happened in the brain for the day. Because when we use energy and when we um, basically are just using cellular energy it causes waste it's kind of like the exhaust in an, in a car yeah and it's and it causes waste and that that stage 3 is where you do all that and then your rem sleep which is rapid eye, rapid eye movement usually comes about 90 95 minutes after you fall asleep and it lasts about 10 to 20 minutes that first rem sleep is where we get the biggest bolus or the biggest excretion of human growth hormone. And that big, that big first dump of human growth hormone is arguably the most important for your repair, for your muscle growth, for your cellular repair, for repairing your tissues, your ligaments, your, um, your neurons, all this stuff. This is, this is so important. And they figured out that if you skip that first 90 minutes, 95 to 100 minutes yeah. of sleep, so let's say you go to sleep an hour and a half or two hours late, you don't just push that first REM cycle back. Your body completely ignores that first REM cycle and it goes into the second REM cycle. So you miss that big dump of human growth hormone if you're not running a consistent sleep schedule. So that's where my first actionable step comes from when we talk about sleep is try your absolute hardest to stay on a consistent sleep schedule. Consistent go to bedtime, consistent wake up time. Even if that window is short? No. <laughs> so let's say you want to get up at 5:30 every morning, but your sleep uh time is can't help it. You got to make it 11 o'clock at night. So you're basically cutting it to six and a half hour window to sleep. So if, if that is an absolute must for you, then you are going to stay consistently on that 11 to 530. Yep. Because you're consistent, your circadian rhythm will learn after few days, few weeks that that first is your that is your bedtime. That is the time that you're going to sleep. You will achieve that first dump, but you're going to be one complete sleep cycle off of what you need. So at that point, I would suggest to you if that, if you really have to live your life that way, you should be getting a nap during the day. Really? Yes. So how are you missing a sleep cycle? Because you are going into one sleep cycle. Yep. Coming back out. Going into another, so there we're at about four hours, okay? Okay. Coming out, going into another, and then you're getting up shortly into your th fourth sleep cycle. So you're completely cutting off the majority of the important part of your fourth sleep cycle. An ideal sleeping window is four to five sleep cycles. Which is seven and a half to eight hours. Yes. 
All right. So push the 10 o'clock then if you can, I mean, (laughs) and that's, that's what it comes up to. Um, the first four hours of sleep are the most important for memory processing for new information and new tasks. So that first four hours is when your brain starts, they call it folding proteins. That's when your brain is taking a lot of what it, what it, um, learned today, what it encountered today. It's deciding what is a useful memory that it needs to store. It's deciding, okay, is this, you know, is this new task that I'm trying to learn? Is this important? Okay, if this is important, we're gonna put this deeper in the long-term memory. And it's basically like for for those for those of us out there that understand how computers work, you have your RAM and then you have your memory. And this is taking the stuff that's in your RAM, which is your short-term memory. And it's processing it and putting what's important into your long-term memory and storing it for the use the next day, the next month, the next year. It's building because what memory is, is memory is just neuronal connections between neurons. Mm-hmm. It's electrical connections, the, the, the speed, the distance, all the different shit between the neurons. That's what memories are. Um, the older memories, the memories that we have from childhood, the memories we have from six months ago, these memories are then kind of processed and re-strengthened later in the night. Hmm. I guess I'm understanding what I got to do now, damn it. I got to bed earlier. (laughs) The next in my notes, um, a lot of the other positive hormones that are closely regulated um, start to fluctuate through the brain about 30 minutes after you fall asleep. Uh, I already talked about what happens if you go to bed two hours late. You miss that entire first, you know, big dump of of hormones. Um, and this doesn't matter between male and female. No, not at all. the The difference is is because we're we're males, mm-hmm. we don't have the fluctuation in our hormones. Yeah. Um, the way that women have cycles. So what, what women is going, they're going to need more sleep at certain times of the month and less sleep at other times of the month. Whereas we are fairly consistent with the amount of sleep that we need. That's the difference. It's not that they always need more sleep. Yeah. It's just their sleep is less consistent with how much they need. So when do they need more Uh, cycle? That's a good question. I don't have an answer for that. All right. I I don't even like I because I'm not a woman. I'm sorry. I don't pay that much attention to this. But I when I start to read about women hormone optimization, it talks about the different parts of this, and I can't even remember the different parts of the cycle what they're called. But like I don't even I'm so like lost when they start to talk about the different parts of the cycle that I'm like I have to start googling every single time because it's not something that I necessarily am concerned with for myself. So every time I learn it it does not get stored as like not useful knowledge that I need to save. Yeah. But I mean, I would, I would think it would depend on where they're at and the the amount of repair that their body is doing. And and it's going to be different probably for women, right? Because a lot of women are on birth control that they don't, they only get a period once every, you know, six months, once every three months. So they're going to be completely different from a woman who is, uh, you know, completely, I, I guess, natural or not on any sort of birth control. Yeah. Versus a woman that is um, in menopause versus a woman that is pregnant, right? A woman that's pregnant, uh, a woman that's pregnant or babies or teenagers, like whenever you're doing a lot of, a lot of growth, a lot of evolution, a lot of processing, you're going to need more sleep. If you're doing a lot of weightlifting um, and you're, you're, you're tearing your body down, you're going to need a lot more sleep. If you're doing a lot of very in-depth processing with your brain, you're going to need more sleep. It's just like the more you're doing, the more damage you're causing, the more you need to repair. Gotcha. That makes sense? Makes sense. Um, so my, my, my actionable steps, number one was consistent bedtimes, consistent wake times if you can. Um, I'm not sure necessarily if it's one or the, if you, if you're one of those people that's like, well, I'm, I'm not, it can't be consistent on bed and wake, which, which is more important. I don't know the answer to that for you. 
Um, my number two actionable steps is drink less alcohol. If you have to drink alcohol, if you're one of those people that's just like, I'm not giving up drinking, drink earlier so that that alcohol is metabolized out of your system before you go to sleep. Because what alcohol does is alcohol completely suppresses REM sleep. And so you don't get, until that alcohol is metabolized out of your system, you don't get any of those benefits of REM sleep. So you don't get the human growth hormone. You don't get the repair that happens during REM sleep. You don't get any of that. Yeah. Alcohol drastically reduces the quality of your sleep. And I know that firsthand because if I drink more than like a drink or two, my sleep is absolute dog shit. I'm up at three in the morning or four in the morning wide awake. I feel like shit. Like it, I can tell that my sleep is garbage. Um, number three, if it's possible, and this is not possible for a lot of people, but if you're blessed with a job that you do not necessarily have to get up to an alarm clock, your best bet is to not use an alarm clock. Because if you don't have an alarm clock, you are waking after a sleep cycle. You're going to naturally go through four or five sleep cycles. And when you cycle out, you're going to wake up versus if you have an alarm clock set and that alarm clock is set for right in the middle of your you know, deep sleep, you're going to wake up and you're going to be groggy. You're not going to be motivated. You're going to, you're going to feel laxed. So if it's possible, try not to use an alarm clock. And then four, I needed this last night because I was up for two hours in the middle of the night and be ready with techniques to relax the mind for the inevitable nights that you find yourself awake in the middle of the night, because we all do that. We all have it. It it happens to every one of us. And the more that you, the more that you stress about it, the harder it is to fall back asleep. So some, some things that you can try to learn and be ready with these. Don't, don't just try them the first time on that night that you wake up in the middle of the night, practice these, but, um, NSDR, which is non-sleep deep rest. These are, this is breath work that puts your body into a relaxed state. Um, so just Google um, NSDR or Google non-sleep deep rest breathing. And there's a, a hundred different, you know, techniques that you can practice. Um, find some sort of a calm distraction. Uh, for me, reading like a book, not an audio book, but an actual book. It, it takes my mind off of that even acknowledging that I'm awake. And all of a sudden, 15 minutes later, I find myself dazing and I can just put the book down, take my glasses off and I can fall right back asleep. Um, one that they use in a lot of the special forces community is the, the, the facial muscle relaxation. If you can just slowly think about letting each muscle in your face relax, it, it, it's kind of called face sagging. You can just slowly, and I'm doing it right now. That's why my voice sounds so stupid. You can just concentrate on relaxing each individual muscle in your face. You can concentrate. You can start at your toes. And I like this one. You can start at your toes and relax each toe individually. And then relax your foot. And then relax each ankle individually. And then work your way all the way up for every muscle group. Your calf. Kind of move them. Let them relax. And then your quads and your glutes, and your abs, and you just slowly let that relaxation flow over your body. These are all different activities that you can practice before you find yourself in that moment, right? Like we talked about last week when we were talking about the the making sure that we have the skills implemented before we find ourselves in the situation where we need to use the skills, right? Yeah. So if we practice these things now, then when we when we wake up at 11:45 and we're wide awake cuz we had to get up and take a piss and then our brain started thinking about something we needed to do the next day cuz that's what happens to me is it's always something I needed to do the next day. Like it's the dumbest shit, but it's it's one it's just that it's that mind being active and a neuroscientist will be able to tell you exactly what's happening in your mind. It's something with the locus aureus and the locus aureus gets activated, and that's that's what causes um, norepinephrine, which is adrenaline when it's in your brain, yeah, um, or noradrenaline, whichever one 
there's it, it's it's adrenaline when it's outside your brain, I believe, and then it's epinephrine when it's inside your brain. I think is what it is because adrenaline does not cross the blood brain blood brain barrier. So there's a form of an there's an adrenergic system in your brain that creates these hormones, and the locus ceruleus wakes up and activates. And when it's activated, it is constantly creating this hormone that is basically telling you to be awake and think about this thing. And it and it it basically is a it's like a it's like the, it's like turning all the lights on in a bedroom and there's a bunch of people sleeping and it's like hey get up it's time to do this shit <laughs> right. And so if you have some techniques to calm that down and to quiet that down, then everything else can kind of fall into place and you can fall back asleep. Can't just roll the wife over and break one off. You can. That just works. Sleep. Yeah, sure. Gotta go work. for it. But she's going to be fucking pissed off when she didn't get to go <laughs> and you're fucking sleeping over there sucking on your thumb. Mama. And she's like, well, that motherfucker just used me. <laughs> um, if If you are consistently sleeping longer than nine or 10 hours a night. Um, and you're not on, and you're not on any sort of medication. So medication, whether it be antidepressants or some, or, or some other medication will cause you to sleep a lot more. Um, but if you are not on any medications and you're consistently sleeping, I mean, we're talking more than a week or two, like you are one of those people that just needs 12 hours of sleep. It's indicative of some other cause, whether it be you're sick, um, you're drinking, you're super stressed. A sleep apnea is a big one. Um, or you're a baby or a teenager. I don't know why I even put that in there just because that's, I guess that's a caveat. Like you, there's nothing wrong with you if you're 17 and sleeping or 16 and sleeping 10 hours a day. Like yeah. you're just, you're just developing. Or if you're like a 50 year old baby. A 50 year old, do you know some 50 year old babies? I know plenty of 50 year old babies. Baby Brent from, uh, from the meatball, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. <laughs> You remember that movie? Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. I never thought of that one. Yeah. Oh man. There's a there's a guy that comes. Hopefully, (laughs) there's no way he listens to this. There's a guy that comes to the pack pool in the summer that I call Baby Brent because he looks just like Baby Brent. He's got that big giant belly, but he's he's super tan and he's got like the blonde like quaffed hair and he's always got real short swim trunks on. He walks by. I'm like, wow, there's Baby Brent. Doesn't sound familiar at all. No, you you would know who he is if you saw him. Damn. I'm just talking, yeah, there's some fucking 40, 50-year-old adolescents that we got going on. Oh, yeah, fucking for sure. Um, But, yeah, so that's what sleep determines your willpower. Sleep determines your ability to stay on task. Sleep determines your ability to accomplish things. Sleep determines your ability to get stronger, to get smarter, Sleep determines everything. It is my number one most important thing that you need to focus on to improve before you try to get your diet in check and your exercise program in check. And it is first sleep, second diet, third exercise. How many people do you know that come in and they're, they're going to get fit? They're going to the gym. They're going to start doing cardio. But they, every other part of their life is fucked. Sleep, then food, then workout. One, two, three. Perfect. You got anything else? Nope, that sums it up. It's good. All right, that's a wrap. <laughs>